joining me. My name is Riley Murtha, and I am a mindset, self-love, and personal development coach, and also your host. This is Life and Shit, the podcast, where we discuss anything and everything. My intention with this podcast is simple, to create authentic, raw, real, relatable, all-encompassing conversations about life that offer unique perspectives around what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve these things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. So today I am meeting with a friend and so many things. We have been involved in so many different things. We have a lot in common. Um, Candace is here um, and we are going to talk about money, money talk today. Welcome. Woo, I'm so excited for this actually. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Me too. So yeah, we've, we have had so much in common in the past. We met through actually initially through network marketing which I would say is our shared passion for making money. Absolutely. <laughs> and we still yeah. have that in common, but we have gone down different paths and it looks totally different, but we, we still have so much in common. We also, I think, I mean, I felt connected to you when I first kind of discovered you because we were both in personal training. Our lifestyles looked very similar at the time. We had a really similar mindset. Um, so I think it's so cool to see that we came together. I actually don't think I've ever even mentioned network marketing, marketing on this podcast. So that's a whole nother, that could be a whole nother episode. (laughs) I was going to say, we also used to like, our styles are very similar as well. We had a lot of the same clothes, same style. Yeah. We've always been on the same wavelength. Yeah. Very similar. And we're both from Calgary. Mm Mm-hmm. We both have dark hair, light eyes. Well, we're basically the same person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we met years ago and now fast forward, I don't know, four or five years. We're both in different careers doing different things. You are now a financial educator. So I would love to hear a little bit about your journey and how you entered this world and why this is feeling so aligned and so important for you at this point in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, we've met in the the health and wellness industry, and that will always be one of my most favorite chapters of my life. I genuinely loved that industry and that career so much. And I'm so grateful that I was in it and as successful as I was. I worked for some incredibly prominent studios and also corporate wellness companies. So you know, I really landed in great places. And, and although I was quite successful, I was finding it really hard to make ends meet a little bit from, you know, just not knowing enough about money, but, you know, also living in Vancouver, costs are higher. And although I was making good money for what I was doing, I just never felt like I was getting ahead of, of the game. And then, you know, of course, the pandemic, I feel like everybody has a, a life switch or a different chapter that came out of that that pandemic. And mine was definitely this. I, um, 
just to give you a little bit, I say woo-woo, and I know we're both very spiritual people, but I remember actually fully being present in my career in fitness and also in network marketing, and I had done a card reading online with uh, a woman out of BC, and I remember her telling me in the session, in about a year, your career is going to be very different. You're going to be in a coaching and teaching space, but it's not going to be in fitness. And I just remember having this massive breakdown, like, what are you talking about? I was so stressed out. I just couldn't see it. Uh, And then fast forward, I was in a place where I was left to rely on my savings. I was not feeling confident around money. I wasn't working as much as I needed to be to keep up with my bills. I was also a sole proprietor. So in terms of like the benefits you got from the CRA and stuff, I wasn't eligible for all of them. And then my previous partner and I were talking about like the big life things like marriage, kids. And, you know, he owns a few businesses, he owns a home in Vancouver. And I felt a lot of shame around any conversation money wise that we would have. I felt so stupid. I felt so guilty. And I just decided that I wanted to take action from there and, and figure out how money worked. So I guess that's really the reasoning behind why I started to figure out money. I was introduced to my now mentor who walked me through three essentially education sessions that changed my life. And I just remember being through those sessions. The first one, I was super excited. I was like, oh, this is the A's and the B's and I could start to put things together. Second and third session, I was so mad that we didn't learn this in school and I saw an opportunity to help other people learn it while building a a future and career for myself. So I spent the rest of the pandemic getting licensed and certified and building my business that way. Yeah, so cool. And so cool the way that you said that, because it just reminds me so much of my own business. Like I also feel that frustration of like, you know, you're empowering people through financial education and I'm empowering people through emotional education and energetic education. And I also feel like we were done so dirty in so many ways. Like so much of this are things that we should have learned when we were five years old and our entire life would have been so different if we were given these skills and set up for success and had someone had been proactive with us. Um, so I think that th- that definitely parallels you know, both of the kind of spaces that we're existing in and the ways that we're helping people at this point in our lives. It's like connecting those dots and, and filling those gaps. And what you said about your, your shame and your guilt in your previous relationship, I relate to that so much. I imagine so many people relate to that. When I'm dating, you run into this like issue of like, well, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't have their shit together financially, but I also don't want to be with someone like who has their shit to get together financially because I don't want them to see like my shit. And like, that is the whole purpose that that is the whole conversation. Like that's our inspiration and our intention behind this conversation is almost the shadow of our relationship with money. And our intention is to help to alleviate some of that shame and some of that guilt and normalize these conversations because we are all feeling this, like we are all experiencing this and to not date someone because they're too successful or you're too financially insecure is crazy. 
A hundred percent. And I mean, there's a few things that you touched on there that I want to speak to. One, I wouldn't be in this career without your mentorship on the, the personal level, because it, it took a lot for me to leave a career and find my own footing, but also find my own self-worth and something that I felt really intimidated to pursue. It's, it's really hard when I was first starting this business to feel like I knew enough to help other people and walking into that just imposter syndrome, you really helped me through that. So first of all, I wouldn't be in this career with, without your mentorship. Two, I've been in this business for over two years now, and you've come through the sessions yourself. I've been through the sessions myself. And I think what's crazy is that even to date, I have never had somebody come through and know everything from all of the sessions. Mm. And I think that that in itself speaks volumes to how we actually look and feel about money in our society. We think that everybody has it all together. And we try and keep up to that image because we don't want to be the person that's left behind. And in reality, nobody necessarily has it all together. And I see people of all walks of life, of all careers, of all different income levels. And, you know, you see people with the lowest amount of income that have the most ability to save. And you see people sometimes that have the highest amount of income and and not the ability to save. So I think in and itself right there is just breaking down this, this picture of what we deem to be financially successful in society. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's something not financially, but with most of the clients that I work with, at some point, we have to tap into like, well, what is success? Like, what are you chasing? Because so often, we don't know, we're just, we're faking it. Like, honestly, we're so performative in this society. It's like, I'm looking over here, seeing what you're doing, looking over here, seeing what you're doing, and just kind of trying to emulate that without it actually having any ties to my value system or what actually is going to bring me fulfillment or what's actually going to feel like success when we get there. And I think that kind of ties into that like age old question of like, does money buy happiness? And it's like, well, it depends. What makes you happy? Like, who are you? What are you working towards? Right? I definitely think money brings you freedom. Like it gives you options. And I think from there, if you're really self-aligned and in tune, it can bring you happiness because you use it to do the things that fuel your, your alignment. Right. But money overall doesn't necessarily buy you happiness. It, It just gives you more freedom. I think it's incredibly important and it's incredibly important to be disciplined and to understand how it works. But you know, it's, take take Vancouver as a prime example and we talk about societal standards like when I first moved to Vancouver the car that everybody drove was white Audi 4 like SUV and now it's a Tesla and it's like it, it it's just crazy yeah and Vancouver is one of the most miserable cities I've ever yeah. been in like the energy there the vibe is palpable like there's a there's a deep level of insecurity that I can literally feel in the air when I step off the ferry and land there. And you go to somewhere, you know, in Central or South America where people have nothing and they're genuinely happy people. I mean, we're all aware of that, right? And I just watched Titanic, so I'm drawing a million parallels 
to Titanic and everything I'm talking about this week, but like that's a really clear example too. It's like you can have it all and it can still suck. And I mean, that leads us into the energetics of money too. Like it really doesn't matter how much money you have. If your energy around money is good, it's going to feel good. It's going to bring you happiness if your relationship with money is, is healthy. But you can have a million kajillion dollars and still be in a scarcity energy. You can still have a really nasty relationship and be relating to money in a really low vibration way. Or you can have, you know, just enough to get by and have a really great relationship with money and a really rich, fulfilling life. And that's going to be all you need. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, one, let's talk about internal dialogue and and the conversation that you have around money. Are you the person who says, I can't afford it? Or what can I do to afford it? Mm -hmm. Huge conversation right there, right? Like that that self-talk. And it relates honestly to, to everything in life. This is something I learned a lot from the work that you and I did together. But what what is your initial reaction to everything? Is it, is it abundant or scarcity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many limiting beliefs when we start to examine our relationship with how we're relating to money and how we perceive the world and how you per- perceive yourself and your life and your potential. There's so many limiting beliefs that are not even allowing you to see the road ahead. We just are so shut off. We believe that there's not enough. There's only one way, you know, like it takes work to go in and clear out the subconscious. We were raised by a generation who didn't have options and who didn't have money and who didn't have opportunity. And I feel like there's a huge gap there. Like there's a disconnect happening. We have adopted naturally a boomer's mindset and we live in a a millennial or even a Gen Z's world. Like we need to, we need to free ourselves. We need to open our eyes and understand that we're living in a completely different reality. The boomers mindset worked for the boomers. Then the world has completely changed. There's so much opportunity. There's so much potential and you have to, it's your responsibility to go into your, your mind and make sure that that's aligning with the, the facts of reality. I, I agree with you and, you know, just changing our perception. One, you look around at how many stores don't have employees anymore, how many people are hiring. And the truth of the matter is, is that with the way our economy is right now and the abundance of opportunity online, whether that's through something like network marketing or creating your own business or becoming an online coach or affiliate. Like there's so many opportunities right now, but it's really hard to sell somebody on a $15 minimum wage dream when that person can sit at home from their couch, be with their friends and do whatever they want, whenever they want and make a hundred to $200 a day. But why I believe so much in what I do is it really doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't learn how to use it or how our system works, you're never going to be able to to create the wealth with it that you're looking for. You're just going to feed those continual patterns that you're, you're always in. Yeah. And that's one way that you've really helped me like doing your sessions and actually taking a look at what's going on and what's possible when it comes to structuring yourself and educating yourself financially is really important because we also live 
in that same world I just described, there's also this undercurrent of manifestation and abundance and everything is unlimited, which it is, but there's a level of delusion in that too, right? Like it doesn't matter, nothing matters anymore. We kind of lose sight of like the value of money and the value of hard work and the value of being financially organized because we believe everything is so abundant, which it is, but that can run you into problems too, right? Like there's this whole idea in manifestation of, you know, spend like you're rich and embody it and live the, it's like, it can be a scary thing. It can actually disempower you in some ways. There has to be a balance just like everything, everything always comes down to this, this duality, right? Like you have to have that internal knowing on a soul level that everything is already yours, but you have to act and you have to have the self-discipline and the structures in place to create security for yourself. One of the biggest things that I've had to, to learn and work on even for myself as my income levels have changed drastically just being in this business is you know, that mindset of it's all coming to you, it is yours, live in abundance, that for me was a toxic pattern. The mindset that I had to get in was it is already mine, so I don't need this right now because I know that it's going to come to me. You know what I mean? So not overspending or putting myself in these different financial scenarios, living this in quotation marks, manifestation abundant life. It's like, no, it actually is coming to me. So until it's here, I'm just going to to believe in the work that I'm doing and, and continue to show the universe that m- money is safe here with me. Yeah. I respect it. Totally. I think that's everything. Like you have to respect. There has to be, it has to be a healthy relationship. I think there's under the surface so many problematic things happening. And one of them is we live in this instant gratification society where we want everything right now. We want instant gratification all the time. We don't know how to regulate our emotions. So a lot of people are doing that with spending, right? And it becomes an addiction and it will all, it will, you'll never get to where you want to be. You'll never have the security that you want to feel if you can't get honest with yourself about how you're addicted to like these high dopamine activities that are giving you that instant gratification. And for so many people, spending is a huge one. Now, I have a question for you on this, this dopamine level. Do you think that that also is somewhat influenced or triggered by the fact that we don't carry physical money anymore? Because Mm -hmm. when we used to have to purchase things, it was a physical exchange of a check, a cash, you had to spend the time writing out or or exchanging for that purpose. Now it's like a tap. And who honestly ever even looks at the amount that they're tapping for? Like they hear it, they see it, but who takes the second to register it? Yeah, it's all too convenient. And I I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's by design, right? Making it so easy and just giving you that little dopamine hit of being able to get anything you want, literally with like the click of your phone or the tap of your phone. Like it's all so, so accessible to us. And it's just feeding this, this like very gluttonous part of ourselves where we can, we can have anything we want instantly. And it's, it's destructive. It, it eats away at our ability to work towards things that are not instant gratification. And from a financial perspective, 
that's really important. <laughs> like it's really important that we have structure and we have a game plan and we're able to see the big picture, which is something that I find you're able to really help people with is like that zooming out. We get so consumed in just the day to day and the paying the bills month to month that it can be so hard to even allow yourself to understand that you can see, you can plan and you can set yourself up for something bigger in the future. I saw a YouTube that really sparked this conversation and, and, you know, we've been talking about doing an episode or or having this conversation for a long time, but something that really sparked, I guess, the tone behind this conversation that made me so excited for it is that we spend so much time working on personal development, changing our habits, growing. We spend you know, 80 to 90% of our efforts becoming more of the person that we want to be. And that can only take you so far. You know, when you don't have a relationship with money or a positive relationship with money, there's so much room for growth to change your patterns and your habits, Mm -hmm. right? So what happens when you've spent all of that time and you're still not where you want to be? It's that extra 10 to 20% of the work that needs to be done in the self-acceptance, not the personal development and understanding what and, and accepting where you're at and finding self-love in that space and, and just allowing yourself to be where you are in that moment. You know what I mean? So that was the conversation that I wanted to have. And and how do we change self-acceptance around money? Because the truth is there's 9,000 different websites you can look on for money advice. There's 9,000 different textbooks you can read. 9,000 is the exact number, by the way, that's as precise (laughs) as it comes. She's a numbers girl. (laughs) Information is literally everywhere. Right. So, and, and that's not to discredit the work that I do, but information is everywhere. How do you actually change your relationship with money? And I think that's from accepting where you're at and, and just giving yourself space to, to be wherever it is that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, two things about what you just said. And I think that well, they, they go together. A lot of us have this underlying shame or underlying guilt or underlying fear or anxiety. One of those, at least, right? Around our financial situation or where, how am I going to pay the next bill? You know, unexpected. Like there's always some kind of low vibration money experience that we can, the trap to fall into. And when you don't, when you haven't done the work to heal that and to, start to relate to money in a healthier way, a more high vibration way. There's only so much you can do, right? When it comes to a spiritual awakening or, you know, a personal development journey or a self-love journey, it's a missing link for a lot of people because think about it. If your relationship with money is toxic, I used to think that overcoming an eating disorder was the hardest thing that I would ever have to do. But I realize now that healing this relationship with money is not only the hardest, but the most important thing you're ever going to have to do because it's everywhere. You can't do anything in life without thinking about money. And if that relationship is low vibration, you're going to be on a constant roller coaster of like working so hard on yourself, working so hard on your energy, and then becoming triggered every time you have to spend money or pay a bill or an expense comes up or whatever. And that is going to 
jeopardize your energy so much all the time. So it's so important. Like you said, this is a really, really integral piece to the puzzle when it comes to living a good life. I mean, one thing that I think is a, a great tool to add in there is if you are somebody who feels triggered by money every time you spend it, get used to opening your bank account accounts and your, your credit card statement every single morning and looking at it. And instead of just like feeling so much shame about it, just look at the number and accept it for what it is. Quite often we avoid even knowing what we're spending or what our balances are because it's so triggering and, and we don't even realize where we're at. And, you know, the more I logged into those things and the more progress I made, the better I felt about the scenario. So I know that that was something that was instrumental for me before I even jumped into this business. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is just conditioning. Even if your accounts look awesome, but you have a scarcity mindset and you're constantly feeling like there's not enough and it's all going to be taken from you and it's fear-based it's going to have an impact that's that is going to mirror out into all aspects of your life you're not going to be able to move your move the needle in the things that you really want to move the needle in if you're constantly being affected by this fear-based way of perceiving money which is absolutely everywhere that you're running into 20 40 100 times a day right you're, these these reminders and these triggers for you it's we have to work through those triggers and like you said like the exposure therapy yourself like get get comfortable being uncomfortable not only looking at it but also like like we said having these conversations because I mm -hmm. have gone through phases of my life where I'm pretending everything's great and abundant and then you know something happens and things change and when I open up to people about my financial fears or my financial insecurities every single time it's like this beautiful like connection of a conversation where that person's like me too. I totally feel that I'm also experiencing that I have so much shame. I have so much guilt. I have so much fear and we're all bottling it up and that's really problematic on an energetic, on our energy level, right? Like we need to normalize when shit feels scary and having those conversations and processing the emotions and, and coming up with solutions and asking for help. I think so many people either think they're hopeless or they don't want to like admit defeat of like asking for help, but we never learned it. Like, right? Like we were never given the tools to build a ship that's going to float us from point A to point B in this life. You actually have to go out and get those on your own. I couldn't agree more. It's the analogy that I'm seeing when you when you describe this as, you know, you're constantly throwing something in the garbage and when the garbage gets full you kind of step on it to, to press it down and that's what we're doing with our money stories or with our shame and, and relationship around our money where we're continually just tossing it in and then we compress it to to hope but it's gonna overfill at, at some point you're gonna have to deal with it eventually and that's usually what we call like the rock bottom or the darkest of the dark right two things that really impacted me about this business and just the way that our banking system is designed and this is in Canada but you know first of all we walk into a bank and the first thing that they do is they ask you to put your debit card or enter your pin so that is so triggering in and in itself for somebody who already feels shame around money they're instantly being 
uh, objectified by what their current financial scenario is. And I don't think that that is the easiest place. One of the reasons why I love what I do so much is I give the education. And if somebody feels comfortable disclosing their personal finance, that's when we work together. So I think just building that trust and that rapport, it makes somebody feel safe and it makes them feel like they're not alone. That's huge, right? So how are you learning your information? Where are you going? The Canadian banking system here is, and in the U.S. or anywhere, is a business. For every dollar that we have in our bank account, they pay us maybe less than 1%. And let's be honest, 1% isn't going to make your money make you wealth, right? But for every dollar that you have in a bank account, the bank can go and loan that out to other people. And then we're borrowing money from the banks through a credit card that is charging us like 20% interest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a system that is set up for, for us to fail. Yeah. That was a huge realization for me when I was talking to you about it all is like, I started to become so aware of all these fees and all the interest. And like, I think we just get to a place where it's all normalized. It's just, you know, out of our control. It's just the way it is. We just come to terms with it. But there are ways to empower yourself. Like we need to, I I don't know. I, I don't know when I got a credit card, maybe 18. And I like just thought that was money. Like it just seemed like money available to me. I didn't understand the consequences of racking up all this debt and this interest. And I, I know I'm not alone in that. And like, I'm still working on my debt repayment now. That's a result of the way that I was acting and living when I was in my 20s. Like, we need to see it all for what it is. And it's not like in our favor. You have to look out for yourself. When it comes to your money, you have to be protecting yourself. And like you said, walking into the bank is an unpleasant experience for a lot of people. It feels really vulnerable. It feels really, you feel exposed and we don't know any other way, right? So learning that there are people like yourself who are actually empowering people, actually giving people tools, actually helping people understand the way that these systems work and, you know, taking all of the knowledge and sharing it with people on how you can actually do things differently. Absolutely. It's, it's changed my life. And once you see how the system actually works, you can, you can put yourself in scenarios and do things with your money that makes you more empowered and, and puts you on the other side of that. You start to take back the control and, and get on the, the good side of it. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's such a good feeling. And I know that I've experienced it. And I've, I've sent friends and family to you who have also experienced it, like this feeling of like hope that returns when you understand that there is a way that you can change your patterns, there is a way that you can restructure what you're doing in a way that makes more sense and allows you to get ahead and create that security and that freedom for yourself. Like it's the best feeling to realize that there's other ways of looking at the situation. There are resources. And that's exactly why I am where I am today is because when I came through for myself, that's exactly how I felt. I went from, I mean, this is, this is a prime example. I went from having my partner on a pedestal because he was financially successful and he had the life that I wanted. And, and I know that he would provide for our family if that's the road that we went down 
I'm feeling so much shame that I wasn't in the same scenario to learning all of this information, having conversations with him about it. And from those conversations, he didn't know any of it. He was just really good at saving. So when you look at that from a a bird's eye view, I was in a relationship where I was putting somebody on a pedestal because of what I perceived their financial scenario to be. And although he was very well off and, and successful, he didn't learn any of this information until I shared it with him also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How many people do we know that are in relationships or are in jobs or you know, just accepting their life for what it is because of how they feel about their money. Yeah. It's everything. It's crazy. And in that example, it's like awesome that he had his shit together financially, but based on what you teach, like he could have been so much further ahead and set up so differently for the future. Like it comes down to thinking about the future, which I think I think a lot of us try not to do <laughs> because we're just trying, like, especially like when I was living in Vancouver as well, it's like, we're all just trying to stay afloat. Like we're just trying to make it like you're truly in survival mode. There's no, it feels like there's no space to look, look ahead because we're just doing our best to, to make it right. That's exactly where I was. I was, I was living my best life. I was very happy in a relationship. I was living the dream career. I literally had everything I wanted and I still couldn't get ahead financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of perceive like through all the conversations that we've had, like I've come to understand and or, or financial well-being to kind of have three layers. The foundation of that being like the the financial education and like the literacy and the actual understanding. And then what we've talked about, like the, the mindset, like the stories and the conditioning and making sure that's working in your favor. And from there, getting your habits on lock, right? Like you have to have all three. There has to be all three pieces. Just one of those pieces is not going to serve you. It's not going to save you. It's not going to help you. You have to have all three pieces of that machine working together in order to really truly get ahead and create security and just a a sense of inner peace which I think really realistically is what we're all looking for absolutely so what we're saying here is that you guys need me and you guys need Riley and that's that's it that's just how you fix it no I'm just kidding but it's so true but think about it this way like if you're wearing rose-colored glasses everything that you see will have that rose-colored tint to it and you're going to perceive everything with a rose-colored tint it's not until those glasses fall off or break and shatter that you realize that there's something else and that's what my business is all about is is breaking the the tint so you see how it actually works and then from there once you understand how it works with with the work that you do, it's about changing your vision of it and your reticular activation system. So picking up stories and beliefs that align with your new values and your new mindset around money and those layered together and, and it's a continual cycle, but 
that's really how you change anything, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think identifying those stories that have been in your reticular activating, your reticular activating system is a part of your brain that lets you know what's relevant and what's not, right? Like it is when you learn a new word and then you see the word everywhere, that's because your brain is now pointing it out to you. And right now, the way that you're relating to money, your reticular activating system is pointing out to you what you learned in your childhood and what you've learned through the course of your life. It is not an, it's not an intentional system. It's not set up properly right now. You have the power to go back in and reprogram that. One really good example for like myself personally, one like eye-opening money mindset moment that I had was figuring out like what the limiting beliefs are, what the stories are. And one way that I help my clients understand that is like, what did you hear about money growing up? Like what were those like catchphrases and like those little slogans that our parents always had about money, right? One that I heard a lot was money doesn't grow on trees. So it's like, you don't get to choose as a child, whether you believe that's true or false, it just gets into your subconscious and it becomes your truth, right? So money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't, money doesn't grow on trees. Like I said earlier in the conversation, we now live in a world where money does grow on fucking trees, right? So if I hadn't gone back in my, my brain and my subconscious and identified that specific belief that was getting in my way and holding me stuck, I would have never done anything that I've done for myself in the last like five years because I, I gave myself permission to see the truth. Money grows on trees. Money is everywhere. There's so much opportunity. There's so much abundance. It's all available to us. There's a million ways you can make a million dollars. Everyone, right? So we need to go back and we need to get honest with ourselves about what, what's keeping you stuck. Where's that coming from? And then you can work through it. When you pair that with actually knowing how these systems work and actually having a really good understanding of like where we, how we need to be treating our money, where we need to be putting it and all of that type of stuff, everything will change. Once you understand the, the patterns of your money beliefs and you pair it with the education, it, it really is just the complete figure. And you know, I was smiling as, as you were talking about your money relationship with parents. One, because energetically, I was like, this is something I really want to talk about. It's the money story that we hear as kids. And literally, as I'm thinking about it, you're, you're bringing it to the table, which I love. But, you know, for me, one of my biggest money patterns was my mom worked really, really hard to provide for us. My, my dad, my biological father, uh, pretty much abandoned my mom financially when I was born and she had to sell her wedding ring to feed us at one point. Wow. So my mom as a single mother worked her butt off to provide a, a financial home that was as abundant as it was. I, in my teens, never had to ask for anything I was fully provided for. My mom retired after 30 years of being in the workforce. I remember my mom you know, when we would celebrate, she would take me on shopping trips. So my relationship with money until I learned the backstory was it, it's always there. You never have the budget. I know I never saw my mom pull out a calculator or do a budget or an expense sheet or, or, you know, that, that was just never a conversation. So I always just spent as if it was always just going to magically be in my bank account. So mm -hmm. that was my money story. But 
you know, she, she put herself in a position where she learned a lot about money and learned how to make it work for her. And she was able to live off of the the interest and the investments that she made, but I just never saw that. Right. So Mm. it took me a long time to figure out that money pattern for myself too. And, and to be like, no, you can have it all, but you have to show money that it can stay in your account and have that relationship and give it a, a home that it can build off of. And that was just something that I had to really work through. Sometimes I still work through it. Like mm-hmm. it's so easy. It's so easy to spend money. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And one thing that you just reminded me of while you were explaining that is like, in order to have a, a healthy financial situation, like it's not just what's above ground, right? Like you have to have some structure and some some systems underground, like some some roots, some investments, some some stuff organized that is going to, like you said, have your money working for you instead of working against you. And one thing that you said to me that really stuck with me when we were doing the sessions was the fact that there's a lot of information that is not being shared outside of like the 1% of the people who already get it and already know it, there's kind of gatekeeping happening. There are ways to get ahead. There are like tips and tricks and things that you can do to empower yourself. And that information is not trickling down to the people who need it the most. Let's look at this from a, a data standpoint. Most people go to the bank for their financial services and their advice. We all have a bank card. We all have a credit card. It all blends with a banking institution. These banks are a business. I just told you how their business works. They borrow our money from us. They pay us a small percentage, loan it out through credit cards, and we pay a higher percentage. That's a genius business model. I wish I would have figured it out. (laughs) But... Here's the other thing that that we're not conscious of. There are other financial products and services available, but if they're not offered through a bank, nobody learns about it because they go to the bank for their financial advice. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, just you being conditioned to only see one way of money, not realizing that there's a whole other world or door open and we're just never exposed to it. And it it's not unless you know somebody who shares that with it with you or unless you figure out what to type into a, a Google search that something else presents itself and makes itself available to you, which is why I love what I do so much is I share everything that is in my toolbox and and everything that I've learned with everybody and what they choose to do with it or what makes sense for them at the time is is what they'll do right that's so crazy and I think we're pro I know we're programmed to be skeptical of anything that isn't TD Bank or CIBC like we are grown up believing that those are the only things we can trust when it comes to talking about money or with our money anything else is so foreign that it seems like a threat. And these conversations literally like bring up my inner like anarchist. I like, it's just another way that society is keeping us disempowered. Like all of these systems are not made in our favor. They want us to be disconnected from your, our power in all, in all ways. But like financially it's becoming really clear 
when you start to understand the fact that, yeah, a bank is a business and we just trust them and we give them all like the benefit of the doubt. And it just it just pounds us into the ground. You know what I mean? Like if you're not doing more, if you're not looking outside of that, you're, you're missing out on so much opportunity. And it just feels like there's a reason why we're not given this information. Or even from the, the aspect of if you've been with TD your whole life, you've only ever seen what TD has available for different investments or different products and services. Yeah. When's the last time that you took your money to a different bank and compared it and saw what difference it would it would offer you by being with them? Like you are literally signing up to shop at Aritzia or your clothing when you're 16 and you're opening up your first closet piece of wardrobe and you've decided that Aritzia is the only place for the rest of your life that you're going to go to for your money that would or for your for your clothing that would never happen but we do it with our money we don't even look anywhere else crazy I think we don't understand that there's differences I personally didn't. I just thought a blank was a place that gives you a debit card and, you know, I'll help you out in some ways. Like, it's just so blurry. It's so confusing from my perspective. And maybe I'm particularly ignorant to it, but it does. I never really understood that all of these options and all of these ways of self-empowerment were available. It's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I've grounded my feet here is because I have the same shades pulled down on my eyes. I was, I only saw money in one way. I had a money belief and I didn't know that there was anything else. And it wasn't until I've learned what I've learned that has really just opened up a whole world of opportunity. It's insane what you can have and do with your money and what type of wealth you can create when you understand how to use the bank as a tool to grow your money instead of it being a business that pays you a small percentage you know it's it literally has changed my life and the best thing that I can do is is pay that forward and the best thing about how I am compensated is that I work for my clients and I don't get paid unless I help them financially. And because I'm an independent broker, I get to work with all of the banks and not only sell one bank or or one service and they actually pay me for the work that I do. Like, let's just take a second to look at that. My clients don't pay me for my services. The banks pay me for my services. Crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the cool part about it, too, is like this is not a sales pitch like this information is available to people. You do sessions for free. That's the coolest part about what you're doing is you're able to educate people who need it without taking their money or without having that that instinct come up that you need to protect yourself from something like this is actually available to people in a way that is going to serve them. I heard something, I just, I came back from a work convention last week and, you know, I, I was hearing from this woman and we were just talking about the financial state that our economy is in and, and how serious it is. And, you know, she said, you 
take out a mortgage to buy a house and you take that out for 30 years and you pay interest on it and you pay it down every single you know two weeks or every pay period or every month however it is that your mortgage is set up and you could pay that house down for 30 years but if you don't pay the last dollar of that debt you will never own that house is that not insane when you look at that you could pay 99.99 percent of your debt down but unless you pay that last dollar it's still never even yours hmm yeah it's scary it is scary when you start to really look at all of it and i think that the fear like it all comes back to the fear that it creates right like these this opportunity these sessions that you offer people it's like integrating your shadow, right? Like we've been we've been suppressing and neglecting and there's so much darkness and there's so much of us that we don't want to look at, we don't want to deal with, we don't want to be honest with ourselves, we can't take it. But when you bring all of that insecurity out into the light and you ask for help and you start to seek it out, you realize that A, it's normal. <laughs> so many people are going through it and B, there actually are solutions, but it's your own shame that's getting in the way. It's your own insecurity of not wanting to let people in or, you know, look weak or look like you're failing by asking for help. That vulnerability is, is what saves you in, in finance and in all aspects of our being. It's that, it's that shadow work exactly like you're saying, or how long are you going to try and, you know, step on or, or crush down the amount of garbage before it, it overfills like it's going to at some point so the the sooner you can take advantage of it and the sooner you know you own it and just get curious I think it's the moment that your your life can change if if you're feeling overwhelmed by your money scenario yeah I like that visual of the garbage overflowing because in my mind the garbage overflowing is not just like a financial crisis or rock bottom financially. If you're not taking out the garbage, that shit's going to leak over into all areas of your life. Like, I think that's a really common pattern is like, you know, the mom or the dad or the partner who are financially stressed and it's leaking. It's the energy is leaking and creating problems in other areas of your life, just like anything else. And I think that's a particularly common one because we don't know what to do with that discomfort. We don't know what to do with that fear. We have nowhere to put it. We have no way to deal with it. So we just suppress it and hang on to it. And it's fucking poisoning us as a society. Like it's really, really impacting us. And I think the more that we can normalize being like, fuck, this is hard. This is not straightforward. We were not taught what we needed to be taught in order to to float this ship in a, in a cool, casual way. Like you actually have to sometimes move backwards. You have to look back and figure out what's gone wrong. Is it is it the financial education? Is it the literacy? Is it your mindset? Is it what you've picked up along the way? Is it your habits? Like we have to be able to evaluate that for ourselves. And we also need to understand that change is possible. We're taught how to line dance in junior high and high school, but we're not taught how to pay our taxes. Do you think everyone there was is... taught how to line dance or do you think that was just us because we were in Alberta? <laughs> I mean, like, I remember. Let us know. Gonna... Did you guys learn I how to just... line dance or yeah. was it just us? And I was just going to age myself and tell you what other popular dances I was learning in physical education class. But for, for the sake of my sanity, we're just going <laughs> to leave it <her> there. <laughs> so much useless shit. 
but we were never taught how to feel our feelings, how to set ourselves up for success in finance, how to do anything that was actually going to empower us as human beings in a human life. So this is a great place to start. I will put in the in the episode notes your contact information so that people can reach out. They do get free sessions, education sessions to start to plant some of these seeds, to start to gather some of these tools and information and knowledge on how you really can empower yourself. For sure. And for anybody who's listening, you know, it's it's not three in and done. You don't have to come in and learn all three. If you're curious about who I am or what I do, let's have a virtual coffee. I can tell you how the platform works, what's in it for you, how how I'm compensated because, you know, it almost does seem too good to be true. So I walk through that with everybody in the beginning. And if it's a good fit, great. If not, like I'm not for everybody. So yeah, let's just meet and see see where it goes. Amazing. I highly recommend. Everyone that I've recommended to you has been raving about the insight and the empowerment that they have received from those sessions. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, and from a mindset perspective, from an energy perspective, I also have a mindset training, a three-part training that goes through the thoughts, the energy, and the habits. So, I mean, the combination of those two trainings, I feel like would be an amazing place to start. I will also give a discount code in the episode notes that if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, you deserve a little treat, a little um, incentive. incentive. Um, So I'll give you a discount to the money mindset trainings on my end. They're all self-paced. You can work through them at your own on your own schedule. Um, so we'll, I'll give you all the information that you need for both of our our services, our offerings in the episode notes. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, thank you for joining me. And thank you for, I feel like it's been such a mutually beneficial partnership that we've had. I've coached you, you've coached me, and we're both on our journey and we're figuring all of this out. And I think it is so exciting. Every time we have this conversation, it takes some of that garbage out of my garbage can because it's like it just week to week, month to month, it can start to build up. Like we go through, especially as an entrepreneur, there's there's droughts and there's there's super abundant periods. And then there's times when shit dries up and you think about, you start scrolling indeed, thinking about what else you can do. So it's like, the more that we talk about this, the more that you feel comfortable talking about this in your life with your people, with your friends, being vulnerable, having these really refreshing, really freeing conversations about the fact that not only like, is it okay that you don't have this all figured out, but like, I don't even think you're you're meant to have it all figured out. We were not, we were not designed. We were not set up to have the answers to all of this. So let's be a little bit more fucking real about it all and take some of the pressure off of it. And from there, we can actually find solutions. When everybody's pretending that they have it all figured out and that everything's perfect, there's no room for connection and there's no room for growth. And I mean, I'm like, do I go on a tangent here? But go for what it. What I was just gonna <laughs> say in that regard is like, you guys think of this: is is our school education system, government system, ever gonna teach us how to pay less taxes and earn more money? Because, like, what what would our society be if we weren't paying taxes, but going to school and borrowing money? 
Mm-hmm. I just think it's all part of this bigger thing, right? It's the same tangent that I love to go on about alcohol, <laughs> about all of this shit. It's like there's so many, there's so much poison in the water. And it's your job to identify where that poison's coming from and cut it off. I mean, we aren't... Okay, one perspective that I love is like, what if everybody was fully empowered in every way? What if everybody's vibration was just raising and raising and raising and we were all abundant and we all knew our power and we all were living in it? The world would not operate the way that it operates. The way that our society operates requires the majority of people to be disempowered, disadvantaged, and fucking depressed. The good news is, you're listening to this, you're here to be one of the minority, one of the people who are not willing to settle, who are not willing to go through life just being a victim of circumstance. So congrats. Welcome to the club. And there's so much space for empowering yourself. This is one aspect of your life. Yeah, it's a super important one. It's major and it it bleeds into so many other things. But this is just one way that you can empower yourself and take your power back. Let's go. I'm I'm so excited to to see where this takes us. And I'm sure this is one of maybe a few conversations between the two of us. Yeah, what we should do is like if people have questions, maybe we can do another Q&A episode that would be so fun i'm down for that we just announced it guys send us your questions we're coming back if you guys have specific questions i mean candace cannot give you financial advice but if you have general questions about money mindset money stories money journey like how we can empower ourselves financially let us know and we can do another episode that we specifically address some of our specific questions because there are not a lot of safe spaces to talk about this. We could even do something live with people because I think that I do that with like the retired party girl thing. And I think this is another, another little niche where there's just not enough space to have these conversations and to ask questions and to get curious and to hear from other people. and remember that you're human and that we're all human and that we're all imperfect and messy and that we don't have this shit all figured out it could be the farmer broke club (laughs) all of the past identities coming through (laughs) (laughs) love that awesome thanks riley thank you so much so um i will share all of candace's information in the episode notes Please um, share this episode with someone who you feel like would benefit from it and don't hesitate to reach out to either of us with any questions or if you're interested in learning more about what we offer.